It's the BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Your daily download of X929's X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna. It is June 29th, 2022. I'm Shauna. Beckler's away today. He's uh, off doing a hike with some of his buddies who are in town. It's funny because... Um, well, it looks like it's a little bit stormy out there right now. He was hoping that the rain would hold off, but right now it's not looking that great. So hopefully they don't get completely dummied in rain on their hike. I know the original hike they were planning on doing uh, didn't even look passable after all because of all this rain we've been getting. So anyway, he'll have a great time with his buddies. He will be returning uh, after Canada Day. He's off again tomorrow. And then, of course, we're all off for Canada Day and then uh, back Monday, all back together. In the meantime... On the show today, one of the stranger etymologies that I've ever read about. Uh, this one thanks to front of the show, Dan. He was asking where the lucky rabbit's foot comes from. Trust me, this one's weird. Okay, super weird. Uh, we talk about a weird item that a friend of mine has on his wedding registry, and it doesn't give a good impression. I'm not quite sure why it's on there. Uh, we talked about my attractiveness rating. I found this out from a neighbor across the way who I overheard speaking about me, so that was interesting. We talked about something that the mailman did that made me a little less attracted to mailmen. I still love him, but he did something that was a little bit mean. I have another couple dad badges. We'll see if you agree with these or not. A strange air freshener that I saw that I don't think is a good idea. But first, let's get back to that weird etymology. The BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Etymology with Shauna. So I was asked about this one by a friend of the show, Dan, and he was saying, he goes, why are rabbit's feet considered lucky? And it's funny because I remember that. It was a fad for a while. People would carry around a rabbit's foot, right? And they were all dyed these funky colors. And I mean, I think I had one at one point and we attached them to our keychains. And at the time, I never considered just how creepy that really was. Uh, but I guess the good luck rabbit thing dates back to the Celts in 600 BC. So these were the first people to associate rabbits with luck. Although back then it was the whole rabbit, not just the foot. But the belief was that because the rabbits lived underground, they could communicate with the spirits of the underworld. So that was actually seen as a good thing, and they were considered lucky. Now, how it went from rabbits as a whole being lucky to just us carrying around the foot of rabbit? Uh, well, this comes from the African-American religion of hoodoo. And the belief here was that rabbits were lucky because of their ability to, well procreate so rapidly as the saying goes you know so they thought that carrying around a rabbit's foot would help with fertility why just the foot nobody knows but there were some very specific rules around this foot as well first of all it had to be the left hind foot okay that's the only foot that would work no other rabbit foot only the left hind one then the rabbit needed to have been captured or killed in a cemetery Okay, a little bit creepy. Needed to be killed on a Friday. Okay, Fridays only. And then even more specific, the foot would be even more powerful if it was killed on somebody's actual grave. So people would wander into a cemetery and kill rabbits on people's graves. And here's the weirder part. The meaner the person whose grave it was killed on, the luckier the foot. That's what they believed. So you had to go find an old crotchety person, okay, who died, go go to their grave, and then you, you chop off a rabbit's foot, and then it was considered lucky. This whole thing, it's just 
This has been a journey we've all been, okay? An absolute journey. Etymology with Shauna. VNS in 20 minutes or less. So you may or may not know this, but I, I love mailmen. We've talked at length about how they're always so friendly, and, I mean, they've all got those great calves from all that walking upstairs and mail delivery. Uh, but yesterday I had an experience with my mailman that I don't want to say made me think less of him, but made me think a little differently of him at least. And here's what happened, okay? I was I was in the mailroom of my condo, and I go to check my mailbox. And, of course, the mailman walks in, and he has his bin full of mail for our building with him. And I kept going about my business, didn't think much about it. And then look up, and mailman quickly hustles out of there. And then I got a waft of something, something very foul, and it continued to get worse and worse. And it, it fueled my nose holes with this putrid smell and then I all of a sudden realized that here I am trapped in a room the size of a small closet with a mailman fart. I got Dutch ovened by my mailman. I got crop dusted by the mailman. So he walks in there, he plops one on me, and then he left. It was absolutely awful. Now, t- to be fair, I understand he probably didn't know I'd be in there. And, I mean, perhaps when he did see me, it was too late, right? Like, the, pr- the process was kind of already in motion. The butter was turning, so he couldn't do much about it. Or... You know what, though? Maybe that's his thing. Maybe he does this. He eats gaseous foods, things like beans and, I don't know, cruciferous vegetables or something, and then he plants barking squirrels in all the tiny mail rooms in the downtown core. Maybe he's a supervillain. His evil mission is to hit every tiny mail room with a surprise fluffer nut, or maybe that's it. Hotboxing downtown mail rooms with his fluff, one condo building at a time. Maybe that's it. So watch out for him, though. It's absolutely awful. The BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. I was grabbing some car supplies yesterday, and I walked by the air freshener section, and one in particular caught my eye. It was a marijuana-scented air freshener for your vehicle. Now, don't get me wrong. I know some people love the smell of marijuana, and that's fine, but do, do you really want your car smelling that way? Like, if a cop pulls you over and your vehicle just reeks of weed, that's not going to be a good thing. Like, also, even if you like the smell of weed, do you actually want to constantly smell like it? Like, you can't like that scent that much, can you? When I got home, I actually looked into this because I was like, that is really funny. I kept thinking about it. I'm like, was that for real? And sure as hell, I found it online, the weed car scent. And, well, by the way, don't bother because uh, according to the reviews, it does not smell at all like marijuana everybody who reviewed it was like zero stars smells nothing of weed one review was like here i am all excited for this great new scent for my car and it smells like straight cat litter again you you went through all of the air freshener scents the options you had and you're like oh that's the one i want the marijuana scented one another review says don't waste your money smells nothing of weed okay well Apparently, there is a market for this. That's good. Although, again, if you do get pulled over and the cop says, you know, it smells like weed in here, I don't know if they'll believe you when you say, oh, no, sir, it's it's just my air freshener, I swear. VNS in 20 minutes or less. I, I was outside yesterday having a little nappy poo on my patio, as, as one does. And as I was out there sun tanning, uh, I, I had my bikini on and I was, I was sleeping and kind of like lying. My eyes were closed and... I heard a guy across from me come out onto his patio, and he was on the phone at the time. And then all I hear is, there's a girl out here right now in a bikini. And then he said something like, this happens all the time. And then I heard something about being a seven. And then he said, I'll take a picture. 
So there was a couple words that were muddled in the middle there, but I got the gist of what he was saying there, and I was killing myself because, first of all, I was like, his balcony is right there. How does this guy not realize that I can hear him? I mean, I know my eyes were closed and I had sunglasses on, so I don't know, perhaps he just thought I was sleeping and wasn't hearing, but regardless, like... You do understand that sound carries, right? And if I wasn't sleeping, you know that I can hear what you're saying. But also, uh, he called me a seven. And, you know, I will take that. I will take that seven. Especially as this guy looks to be quite a bit younger than me. I'm okay with being a seven. I mean, maybe it was a cougar seven to him. Uh, I don't care. Either way, I will bank that seven and I will run with it. I will put that seven in my pocket for later, okay? I will keep that. Yeah, I'm a seven. No big deal, okay? The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. We have another couple submissions for a Fortune 500 list. And, of course, this is our list of great pun business names. Uh, We've actually gotten a couple salon business names recently. One from friend of the show, Dustin, who sent us a picture of a salon called Never Ends. Which, I mean, it's okay. You know, like split ends. You don't want them. Never ends. So, okay. I'm I'm, uh, fine. Uh, Then Kate though, sent us this salon name, Grateful Head. Now that is good. Grateful Dead, but Grateful Head, right? Because you're getting your hair cut, your your head will be grateful. You get it. Okay, big fan of that one. Uh, And then I saw this one recently, another salon name, and it's this right here. Hair today, gone tomorrow. Oh, my God. Like, here today, gone tomorrow, but hair. And as your hair is getting cut, I mean, it's gone. It, maybe you're just balding. Also works for that. But hair today, gone tomorrow. Oh, that is good. What is it? Salons are catching up. Like, we always talk about how dog businesses have great pun names. Salons are getting there, right, with their names as well. That is good. Still not as good as the salon name Curl Up and Die, like D-Y-E. Still hilarious to me. Uh, also because it evokes such an odd negative image but man salons you are on fire keep it going the bns and 20 minutes or less podcast i caught a bit of the cleaning bug yesterday I just went to town i was cleaning for a few hours then after i was done i looked at my fitness tracker and it showed that i'd burned a bunch of active calories as they call them and i was thinking about it i was like huh maybe maybe cleaning should be a workout that you can select on your apple watch I mean, it is a workout when you're thinking about it. Like you're scrubbing, you're up and down and lifting things, putting elbow elbow grease rather into things. And I mean, if you're a full-time cleaner, you've got to be pretty damn physically fit to do it. And that's one of those jobs that you never really think of as a physically demanding job. But really, I mean, it is. Think about it. And then I started thinking about other jobs that are kind of deceptively physically demanding. And, and here's one I never really thought of until a friend did it, but working in a kitchen at a busy restaurant. My friend was saying that he thinks it was the most physically demanding job that he'd ever done, and he'd worked construction prior. He was like, I would go and work construction to take a break from working in a kitchen at a busy restaurant. That's insane to me. I would never think about that, but, I mean, I suppose. I'd imagine back there is absolutely insane and probably really hot, and you're running around nonstop and doing that for your full shift, right? Like... I actually wouldn't mind tossing a job into the ring that I had if I could. Uh, So I worked for YTV for a while, and we were doing promo work at the time. So we were going to exhibitions across the country. So, you know, Stampede and K-Days and the CNE in Toronto. And we worked 10 to 12-hour days. And every morning we had to unload this trailer, and we had to set up 40 or 50 stanchions, which 
course, stanchions aren't light. I'm sure you know this, and we'd have to do that. And then we spent 10 hours a day running around a bunker playing Nerf Tag with children. Now, I know this sounds stupid, but chasing kids for 10 hours a day, that is a workout. Okay, those things have boundless amounts of energy, and they would rotate through, and we'd be the ones that would have to go back for the next round and then chase them again, and then the next round and chase them again, and some of them would get stuck into weird places, and you have to go dive them out before their parents start crying and yelling at you. It was very physically demanding, okay? Deceptively so. But yes, I will toss in promo for YTV as a very deceptively physically demanding job, okay? Don't judge me for The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. A couple more additions to the jobs that are deceivingly uh, physical. Got a message saying beekeeping. I was thinking about this and I was like, I suppose that makes sense. It's kind of a form of farming, right? And of course, farming is extremely physically exertive. Is that a word? Exertive? We're going with it. Uh, then I was thinking, like, is this partly to do with the fact that sometimes you get chased by bees as well? Like, if you get a bee in your bonnet, I imagine that you are running for the hills. I don't know if you get used to that if you're a beekeeper, though, and you just stay still and deal with it, or if you're still running from bees. Because, I mean, if that's the case and you're sprinting from bees all day long, I can imagine that would be very physically exhausting. Okay? Another one, and this is super interesting, too. Uh, a friend of mine worked in a food truck for the festival circuit one year and said it's like 15 hour days you're in the back of that truck and you're non-stop in the heat making food and he said that that was super exhausting he said you know he'd go and he'd have a few hours of sleep then he'd have to get back up and prepare everything for the truck again and it was like that was the most physically exhaustive job i've ever had never think about that either i mean with those jobs though i think some of those guys work their complete butts off like just work themselves right into the ground and then they take a few months off right because summer is the time to shine for food trucks and then i think you can take a little bit of time to relax but oh yeah i could see that one too the bns and 20 minutes or less podcast a friend of mine is getting married next month and they have a wedding registry on amazon which never really thought of but i mean genius really you buy things and it ships directly to them but this is probably something that's more common than usual these days but i'd never really thought about it amazon makes sense but uh, there's something a little bit strange on their wedding registry one of the items they've asked for is a ring cutter like a, a tool to cut off rings and when i first saw this i was like this has got to be a joke like why would you need a ring cutter like in case the wedding goes south and one of them, I don't know, has swollen fingers for some reason and needs to cut that sucker off of them. I Does one of them have an engagement ring that just won't come off? And they're like, well, you know, if we just let's just toss it on the toss it on the registry. That's a good way to do it. Now, to be fair, the husband to be does work in the trade. So I don't know if maybe he's just concerned he's going to break a finger or something and need to cut off his ring. But I mean, they have those special plastic wedding rings for this kind of thing rather than having to cut off your own wedding ring regardless of why they have this on their registry i was like you realize this doesn't paint an overly confident picture of how this wedding is going to go right i haven't asked them about it yet i should have asked like is this a joke or i should have kept looking though perhaps divorce papers are also on the registry maybe they're just prepared i mean maybe they've seen the stats and they're like well just in case the bns and 20 minutes or less podcast i thought of another dad badge and for those of you who don't know what dad badges are they're just typical things that dads do you know you associate them with dads stereotypically so it doesn't necessarily have to be a dad who does that but we just call them dad badges uh, actually this is a couple little ones combined um first off though the fact that dad always has his own pen 
Do you realize this? This is becoming a little less common as not as much needs to be signed, you know, but it just used to, it's always a thing. You go and you see dad and he has his own pen and it's often stored in the pocket of his dress shirt, right? Clip on the outside. And every time dad goes to sign something, he busts out his own personal pen. Oh, I've got my own. It's always majestic. A side of power. Oh, no, I've got my own pen here. Now, this seems to go hand in hand with something dads don't ever have with them. And I didn't know if this was just my dad, but then some friends and I were discussing this, and they verified, same for theirs. Dad never has his phone on him. If you need to get a hold of your parents, mom always has her phone. Dad, for some reason, though, just tends to leave it behind. I mean, to be fair, he probably doesn't want to be reachable. You know, he's just like, oh, if I have this thing, people can get a hold of me. Gives him a little more freedom, okay? But I find that hilarious. You know, like, I'll try and get a hold of my dad, and his phone will always be off. 99% of the time, I'll call mom. She'll have to go get him for me. At this point, it's almost like his phone is more of an ornament than anything else. There's ever something important going on, though, where we do have to get a hold of dad. We have to specifically remind him, bring your phone. Okay, and, and turn it on. Do you even know how to do that, Dad? Or And even then, it's a 50-50 chance. DNS in 20 minutes or less. So as you know, Beckler and I are always looking for money-making ventures and tips. And we like to pass them along to you as well. I mean, we actually invested in a gold mine once to try and get rich quick beyond our or better adjustment that didn't work out so well for us but we're we're always looking at side hustles and you know we've come up with different ideas to help make money and I've come up with another one okay so yesterday we got chatting about the most overused lyrics in music and one of the biggest overused lyrics in rock songs is the word tonight you know artists never talk about doing things during the day it's only about things that happen at night we're getting drunk tonight partying tonight rocking tonight apparently daytime just doesn't exist because it's not cool to do things during the day and then i got thinking about this and maybe not so much in rock music but in other genres one of the common rhymes tonight is bud light bud light is mentioned in a ton of songs and it's partly because of its ease of rhyming bud light rhymes with night and fight or sight and i mean this is free advertising for bud light simply for its rhymeability in fact I bet you that's why it's as famous as it is, you know, because of that. In fact, I think the reason Bacardi is mentioned in so many songs is because it rhymes with party. So my idea is you come up with the name of a booze that is easy to rhyme. In fact, we talked about how, you know, trucks are mentioned a ton in country music and country musicians also love to talk about beer all the time. So come up with a beer brand that names with or rhymes with truck rather. Okay, like, I don't care what it is, buck beer, huck beer, even duck beer. It doesn't really matter what the name it is, but if it rhymes with a a word that musicians like to use in songs, there is a damn good chance that your booze is going to be mentioned in those songs, and you're going to get free advertising just because it's easy to rhyme. You are welcome. The BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Hey, hey, what did you learn today? I was just reading about some of the different services offered for weddings. And I mean, the list is endless, right? Because everybody wants their wedding to be perfect. So they will actually hire. If you have endless amounts of money, you'll hire people to help with everything. You truly will. Uh, Recently, we actually learned of some dog services, things like dog caretakers and dog dressers that you can hire. These are people that will come to your wedding and dress your dog for the wedding, especially if you want them to be part of the ceremony. Uh, I learned recently, though, of something else that never really thought of, but it's it's a device 
that a lot of brides now recommend, and it's a device that, of course, helps the bride go to the bathroom. And as we all know, I mean, it's a joke in many movies, but this is kind of a difficult thing. It's known as the bridal buddy, though, and I was like, I wonder, you know, what this is and what it, you know, really does. And it's essentially a giant plastic bag with this big shelf that you then kind of pull up, you know, around your bits, and it collects your giant-ass wedding dress so you don't soil it, basically. Yeah, not really that, you know, that involved, just quite simple. You could probably make your own, in fact. Uh, but then I read about people that you can actually hire whose sole job it is to help you go to the bathroom in your wedding dress. Yeah, you can essentially hire a pee helper, and that's all they do. They come for your full wedding day, and they just wait around till you have to go. And once you do, they are professionals at assisting you in going to the bathroom. That is a very intimate thing that I don't think I just want any stranger to help out with. But I guess some people are just that concerned about their dress. And I guess if you spend thousands upon thousands on it, you want to make sure that it's done right. And maybe you don't trust your drunken friends to help out. So instead, you hire somebody to help you pee. Are there cards for that? Like, is that your sole purpose in life? Yes. What do you do? Well, I am the wedding pee helper. The BNS in 20 minutes or less podcast. A Calgary Heritage Moment in partnership with the City of Calgary Archives. Although July 1st is now known as Canada Day, it used to be known as Dominion Day. This was the case up until July of 1982. Dominion Day was very similar to Canada Day. It was still a day of celebration, including bands, children's festivities, and of course, fireworks. It was actually a more elaborate celebration back then. In Calgary in 1925, it was a full day affair, starting with a parade in the morning and speeches, followed by sports competitions in the afternoon, there was ice cream and peanuts for the children, and then fireworks and a dance in the evening. Perhaps the most notable difference was a giant bonfire that would take place every year. It was lit on a hill overlooking the city and was an annual favorite. There was a dedicated bonfire committee who was in charge of preparing the bonfire and having it ready for July 1st. Leading up to the holiday, the city would collect fuel supplies and oil to burn. City of Calgary archivist Carol Stokes. The bonfire committee will call on Mayor Webster and get his consent, if possible, to have the Public Works Department deposit garbage on this hill for a few days before July 1st. Another odd part of this garbage collecting ritual was that someone was then asked to guard the garbage. You may think that the police department or even members of the city would be asked to do this, but that wasn't the case. The city would ask the Boy Scouts to do it instead. So for several days leading up to the big July 1st celebration, Scoutmaster John and his crew of Boy Scouts would stand atop this hill to guard the garbage and oil pile that would later be burnt into the atmosphere. They were guarding what would have been literally hot garbage. What a nice scout excursion that would have been. God, it smells like a dead body. The total budgeted cost of these celebrations in 1925, $500, 200 of which was allotted for fireworks. Things have changed quite a bit since 1925 as, well, we no longer burn a pile of hot garbage in celebration. And the name of the event is no longer Dominion Day. On July 9th, 1982, City Council voted to change the name officially. Canada Day was decided upon, and that's what we call it today. A part of Calgary's heritage. You've been listening to the BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. You want more? Then tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's Alternative X92.9. Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time at X92.9.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and have BNS in 20 Minutes or Less downloaded daily to whatever device you use. Later.